Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Prophetic instructions for the new year. I just want to give you a short charge. Not so short. Prophetic instructions for the new year. And this is so important. Listen, the Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 13 that Jesus gave the parable of the sower. A simple lesson based on basic principles of agriculture. Which is that it takes more than a good seed to be a successful farmer. It takes more than a good seed. There are many factors to germination. The soil has to be right. The time of the year has to be right. You know, the irrigation has to be right. And that there has to be adequate exposure to sunlight. It takes more than a good seed. Because as great and as viable as a seed is, it can grow in the wrong environment. This is so important. And how does this concern you? Very simple. By the interpretation of Jesus himself, the seed is the word. The seed is what? And then the soil is the heart of man. And that tells you that even the greatest sermon can follow the wrong soil. Even the greatest sermon. So, no matter how good I preach tonight, no matter how accurate the prophecies I give tonight are, if it falls on the wrong soil on an unprepared heart, it won't count for much. And this is why there is always that divide in every assembly. It's almost as if, are you listening to the same thing? Why is it that some lives are changing and others are just mediocre? What's going on? Well, this is why. Because even if you have viable seed, if you scatter it, the result will depend on where it falls. Your heart needs to be ready. And that's why we want to share prophetic instructions for the new year. The reason why many people look at watch night services and they're like, what's the point? It's because of what I'm saying. Some people don't even know how to respond to the word. They don't know how to receive prophecy. And as interesting as this might sound, it won't happen just because God said it. There is what to do about it. And so, you must be intelligent to know when, like Elijah, your head is to remain in between your knees, praying. And then when you see this signal, a small cloud like a hand in the sky, you know it's time to run. Many people have learned to pray, but they've not learned to run. So, two very simple instructions I want to give you for this new year. Number one, you must shun mediocrity. You must do what? I want you to preach it to me loud and clear. I must what? I want you to personalize it. I must what? Turn the Bibles, James chapter 1 verse 22. Now, this text is so profound, so powerful, and so, I dare say, controversial. If, you, if it wasn't an apostle who said it, you would be like, I mean, this is just some antichrist saying something against the church. This is someone who hates religion. How would he say that? You know what he says in James 1.22? He says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Read it loud as you can. One, two, go. Listen. A preacher said this. An apostle said this. He said, if you are a hearer of the word and not a doer, you are deceiving yourself. So it's great that you are here to receive this word for the new year. It's great. It's great that you anticipate the new year and you're excited about it. Oh, we're entering a new year. But if you won't do anything about the instructions that God gives you, he says it's self-deceit. It's self-deceit. If you're not going to be a doer, nothing is going to change. 
I mean, don't take my word for it. Take the word of God for it. That's what he says. If all you do is listen, all you do is come to church as often as you can, but you don't do. You don't do the word. By 2022 December, nothing much would have changed. And that's no prophecy of doom. It's just a fact. You must be a doer of the word. Say, I'm a doer of the word. Listen, let's not waste our time. You see, some people have no plan to do anything differently in the new year. They have no plan. They have no plan. And if you are that kind of person, prophecy will not work for you. That's not the way this works. This is not magic. The pastor is not a babalawo, at least the genuine ones. You must learn to commit to something worthwhile. You must learn. Sean mediocrity is so important because as powerful as prayer is, you see, people with sheer hard work are doing better than you. And this is why sometimes, you know, they look at the church and, and they just have all kinds of funny remarks. Some of the slander against the church is unnecessary. Because some of us don't just understand how to war with the word of God. Because you know how to pray, but you have never picked a book to read. You know how to pray, but you don't know how to work. You must change your approach next year. The Lord asked me to tell you this. Change your approach. You must be a doer of the word. Let me tell you this. Read through your Bible God never walked with an unserious person. Never. One of the most powerful verses in all the Bible, as far as I'm concerned, where God said, I know Abraham. He will command his children after him. You know, for God to boast about your commitment and your consistency like this, I know him. This is, this is his pattern. This is his lifestyle. He will command his children after him. That says a lot. God never worked with any unserious person. And the funny thing is, when we're reading their stories, all we see is grace, the grace aspect. And the cute, nice aspects of the story. We read about David facing Goliath and how just the slingshot killed a mighty giant. We like outlier stories. Oh, they even wore him an armor and he said, I'm not used to this. You know, but guess what? Even if you use a slingshot to kill Goliath afterwards, do you realize that was the last time the Bible recorded David used that? So even if you start that way, man, you're going to need to learn to wield the sword. You're going to fight many battles after that. So even if they mistakenly made you king because you luckily killed Goliath, if there is no consistency in your life, they will kick you out. You have to understand this. Think about Joseph. All right, you, yeah, you're prayerful. You get a word of knowledge, you know, about the king, and it's spot on. But guess what? When the king says, oh, you know what? Since you were the one who gave this prophetic, prophetic word, it is only fitting that I put you in charge of this. And they give you a big management job to manage the food of the entire nation. If you don't do a good job, even if you got that job by grace and by prophetic gift, they will still kick you out. Listen, you have to stand on both legs. The grace must come with competence. Are you getting what I'm saying? And God is asking me to tell you, you're going to have to wake up. You're going to have to stand up. Do something different. Be serious. Change your approach. You can't keep sleeping 10 hours daily. At the age of 20. Waking up 11 a.m. People who are mediocre, mediocre are lazy. Lazy. I, I wish I had more time to talk on this, you see. And lazy people are common people. Because it doesn't take much to be common. They never distinguish themselves. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing extraordinary about you. Not, no luster effect. You, you just come on. Just bear. 
And success requires distinction. Nobody pays for what is not rare. Did you hear what I said? Lazy people are common. Therefore, they cannot be successful because nobody pays money for what is not rare. And so you see many people with a lot of potential, yet little results. And they even keep bragging about it that they have potential. After 10 years, potential. After 20 years, potential. When will you put in some work? Listen, at least imagine if we just mere potential, I'm doing this little, what will I look like if I actually put in the work? And what if 2022 is that year where you decide, listen, I want the world to see all the goodies that God invested in me, all the giftings that God invested in me. This is the year where I get to show it off to the world. What if you change your approach? Uh, you will change your life if you change your approach. Say loud, amen. amen. Do things different. I'm saying this because this generation, I'm saying it respectfully, we're so entitled. Quit sending silly DMs. I know, listen, I'm not talking to church members because I, my people cannot do that. I'm saying this for people watching online. There are some DMs you will send me next year. I will block you instantly. <laughs> Nobody above. <laughs> are you listening to me? See, see, I've gotten all kinds of silly. The entitlement is alarming. Someone just sends me a message. First and foremost, this is your first DM ever. We've had church anniversary, personal anniversary, birthday. You've never sent. So your first DM is to request for a favor. Sometimes we don't even know the simple laws of relationship. Someone you don't know personally and your first DM and then what do you say? You know, I took a loan. I can't pay back. If you can help me with two million naira, then you, you put your account number. It's like you want thunder to... What is wrong with you? You see, this pastoring thing does not allow me to talk to some people the way I want to. Because they will say, Pastor. <laughs> Don't be lazy. Praise the name of Jesus. Listen, it doesn't matter your field, either in business, either in ministry. You know, distinguish yourself. Put in the work. Make sure next year, be intentional about how you manage your time. Wake up early, get to work, put in the work, pray, work hard. Reject laziness. If you are lazy, prophecy will work against you. Because there is already an ordinance for the lazy. They must be hungry. That's the prophetic word for lazy people. They will be hungry. And the word of, the, of God does not fall to the ground. They must be hungry. You will be hungry. People who are mediocre are easily satisfied. That's the next thing I want to talk about. Easily satisfied. They are quick to feel they have arrived. I see this in every walk of life. You see, young people, you know, they put you in charge of house fellowship. Nobody can talk to you again. You see, Campus fellowship leaders, they are cooking for you. They are wearing cloth for you. They are wearing your shoe. You just, the way you are walking. You know, I went for a minister's conference. One of the reasons I don't really go out much anymore because if I mistakenly nod someone. I, <laughs> you know, I just, so, I'm joking. No? <laughs> I know you don't believe that I'm joking, but I'm joking. <laughs> you know? Going for minister's conference. I'm not talking about when I was in school. I was already in ministry. I had a church. I was married with our first daughter. Went for minister's conference. Then we went on a short break. I went to use the loo. Came back. One campus 
fellowship president was sitting on my chair. So I said, sorry, you're on my seat. He said, okay, too bad. Ah. <laughs> so, so I really thank God I didn't have to reply. I would have, I would never embarrass you in Jesus' name. So someone at the back heard him say, too, too bad. But you stand up there. That boy will not pass 17. And I'm not undermining his. What is wrong with you? And, and it, it, see, listen, it's very common in this generation. Very common. Easily satisfied. Rubbing shoulders with people that God has ordained to bless you. Confusing your helpers. That's why, that's why now when you need help, they are confused. Ah, ah. <laughs> what is happening? They're confusing your helpers. Easily satisfied. Calm down. The road is still far. Let me tell you this. You know, the Bible tells us, I think in 2 Kings 13, you know, Elisha had a prophetic word, told the king, pull out an arrow, strike it on the floor. You see? So that strike was supposed to re um, represent how many victorious battles he was going to have. And the young man just struck three times and stopped. And Elisha, the Bible says, Elisha was angry. Some people are just so passive. Still so lackadaisical, so easily impressed. Easily satisfied. I, I once met a pastor. Five members, you have PA. What, what do you need assistance for? What do you need assistance for? What assisting with, with what? Would you calm down? Easily satisfied. The road is still far. Listen, thank God for all the blessings you are experiencing in business, in career. Listen, the road is still far. The road is still what? Hey, the road is far. Your ceiling is someone else's floor. The road is still far. Stay humble. Stay hungry. Don't jeopardize, you know, the great plans that God has for you just because of, you know, you're just easily satisfied. And so the prophet said, if you had struck just six times at least, that would have sealed your victory forever. This thing affects, you, you see, you, have you noticed some people just rise and then you don't hear about them again? It, it happens a lot. It happens a lot. It happens in sports. It happens in music. There are a lot of one-hit wonders. Small hits, you're calling people, are you mad or something? You know, it's... It, Hallelujah. I, I know I'm joking, but I'm serious. People who are mediocre procrastinate. They procrastinate. Listen, this is a word from the Lord, as simple as it is. Catch your sob and correct yourself. Are you listening to me? Some of your expectations for next year were also your expectations for last year. Nothing has changed because you did nothing. Procrastination, I will do it tomorrow. I will do it next month. Always giving excuses. Always talking about plans, no actions. You know, I read a psychological report that said, the more you talk about your plans, the less likely you are to do it because psychologically, there's a satisfaction you get just from talking about it. When people say, ah, that plan is nice. The urgency to do it will reduce. It's just like, in your head, you have done it already. Because they're already praising you. Ah, brilliant plan. Mm. You are wise. 
after seven years. Ah, this plan. Oh my God. I've not seen a plan like this. I will do it tomorrow. Change that. Come on, are you listening to me? Change that. Stop waiting for the conditions to be perfect. Stop waiting for the circumstances to be perfect. Or you will never get it done. There are some of you, let me tell you something. When God called me, there are other people he called. Some just never started. Some discussed it with me. Very intimidating visions. And the angel carried my right hand. He pulled my left ear. Then, you know, you hear all kinds of visions. But at the end of the day, it's the one that you do. <laughs> that will be done. For lack of a better way of expressing. Run with the vision God has given you. Make up your mind. Everything God has destined for me to do in 2022 will be done. Say loud amen to that. Listen, I want, you, I want you to say that prophetically. Say everything, everything. God has destined for me to do, I will do. Hallelujah. Start training your mind like that. God doesn't tell me what he's not sure he wants to do. Because <laughs> if you tell me, I will do it. It's done. Praise the name of the Lord. And God wants to raise an army in us. An army of doers. It will make a difference. People who are mediocre lack consistency. Lack consistency. They start off with a lot of zeal. You see them on, on, on a night like this, they are praying. Check them again, 15th of January. The gas has finished. Hallelujah. Eh, that's not you. That's not you. That cannot be you. Hallelujah. You must be able to wake up with a sense of urgency every day. That's why you shouldn't, you know, some people just rate motivation too much. If you want to really be a success, build discipline, not motivation. People who are truly successful know how to do what they need to do even when they don't feel like it. Stand up every day with a sense of urgency. What are you going to do daily? How many books will you read? Ah, there are a lot of world changers by mouth though, in this generation. World changer does not read any book. There are many business people that have read more business books than. You can't change the world that way. Be consistent. Listen, have a routine. You, listen, it's not enough to just say, this is where I want to be. You must understand the routine that that level of greatness requires. And if you don't know how to be consistent, the book of Proverbs relegates you to go and learn from the ants. Say, go to the ants, God. Without supervision, without any captain, they know how to gather when it's time to gather. They know how to walk when it's time to walk. So as a child, your parents will wake you up when it's time to wake up. Bathe you when it's time to bathe. Give you food when it's time to give you food. And as an adult, you still need to, someone to tell you to read your book. Hallelujah. You know, I remember years ago, someone came to me and said, Sir, please pray for me. I have an exam. And I stretched my hand and I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you give him the strength to study as he should. He, his health will not fail so that he can concentrate. Do you know there are even some prayers that we pray that are irresponsible? Lord, lead me to where? Mm -mm, mm -mm. That's, that's irresponsible. You should know the subject. Listen, I, is it the same God of Daniel you are following? 
Or is he a different one? Be excellent for God's sake. Stand out. Study it back to back. If possible, seven times. Are you not ashamed? People who don't share your faith, share your conviction, are acing the same exam that you keep failing. It's not grace that is your problem. Sit down and read. Are you listening to me? Put in the work. Master this craft once and for all. Not that people are not supporting you because you, you, there's no quality to it and you say, haters. It, it's not here. It's, nobody hates you. It's not just good enough. You see, your friends have been shy to tell you. I'm telling you now. This song no sweet. Go and cook it well. The dress is not fine. Are you listening to me? Go the extra mile. Go the extra mile. What I'm sharing with you, I, I had several deep things to share with you and the Lord said to share this today. As simple as this is. Because it doesn't matter how many prophetic words come on you. 1,000 prophecies, zero actions equal to zero. It will lead you nowhere. Hallelujah. Listen, God wants to raise diligent people. And let me tell you this. I will not share all that God has told me about this. I can't share them tonight. As the Lord permits me, I'm going to share. Let me tell you, the church of Jesus Christ needs to wake up. I'll put it to you this way. The Bible says, be sober, right? Be vigilant. Why? It says, for your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, is looking for who to devour. So why does he say you should be vigilant? Because the devil is vigilant. You have an adversary. He's looking for who to devour. He's diligently looking for who to devour. So you need to be sober and vigilant. Your life depends on it. I see the devil working so hard. God's people are still so petty. So small. We, we have our priorities wrong. Satan and his children, the descendants of the serpents, trying to take over the world. And then a lot of God's children can't hold the plan consistently. They, you just, just a plan. The devil is crafting generational plans. Drawing up, drawing up programs for the next 50 years. It's systematic. And you don't even see it. Let me tell you something. The church has the greatest talent, talent bank in the world. Believe me. If we wake up, there are many plans of Satan that will just die. They are not better than us. We have the intelligence, we have the grace, we have, we have everything we need. We just need to wake up. Stand up and be counted. Please, are you listening to me? I'm speaking to you prophetically. Stand up and be counted. Some of you will remember these words very soon. Ha, hallelujah. And God just wants to know who to trust. So when he wants to call, you know, the Gideon army, he will give you some tasks, just some simple tasks. When he says, take them to the water to drink, the ones who squat, don't use them. <laughs> Meaning, you see, some people always look for an easy way to do things. They don't just give it their best. And God doesn't want to work with people like that. Come on, are you listening to me? I mean, if it's God, why should he care? If it's by grace. But he wants diligent people. In that assignment, I'm telling you prophetically, you're going to require diligence. 
Can you preach that to the person by your side? You're going, you're going to require diligence. <laughs> uh, the devil is a workaholic. He is. He's very committed to destruction. And we have to be committed to establishing the kingdom of God on the earth. Say loud, amen. amen. And the next thing I want to say is this. I've talked about shunning mediocrity, right? You must shun self-centeredness. Oh, God. You must shun what? You see, self-centered people have a small mind. And they don't even see it. They have a small mind. On a night like this, you know, do you know what tops some people's desires? I want a new car next year. You know, a new house next year. You know, and all these things, some of them legitimate. But God has bigger goals for you. Come on, are you listening to me? You don't sound like you believe me. I said, God has bigger goals for you. You know what he said? He said, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. You want a car, God wants to give you the earth. You want a house, God wants to give you the earth. Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. Do you even realize the magnitude of the vision of God for your life? Stop being petty. Stop it. God wants to give you more. Don't ask for a new car. Ask for the nations. Don't ask for a new house. Ask for the nations. You know, and here is the irony. Have you noticed that in this church, for a church that is Christ-centered and gospel-centered, God still blesses us materially in a, in a ridiculous way. Yes or yes? I mean, I've seen God raise people in the last 12 months. It's ridiculous. So when God is telling you this, don't think for a moment that he doesn't care about your needs. He's telling you that all your needs are already provided on the lane of purpose. Hallelujah. Are you listening to what I'm saying? They're already met. So if you knew that your needs were already met, what then would be your focus? Do you know why this is, do you know that's why many people are depressed? Because all their lives, they thought life was about money about being comfortable, about getting a house, getting a car. And one of the most devastating things that can happen to such a person is to achieve all those goals early. So your life goals, you achieve them at 30. You are driving your dream car. You are living in your house. If that's all to life, you are finished. Are you listening to me? There has to be more to your life. Come on, don't be petty. Don't be petty. And that's why the devil keeps offering people brass for their gold. They don't know their worth. So he will tell you, if you sell your soul, I will give you that car. Is it car you want? The devil is offering it. He's offering you the money because you don't know your real worth. He has made us kings and priests unto God. Don't you understand? Our destiny is to rule and reign. Our final destination is not even heaven. It's a new heaven and a new earth. There's going to be a new earth. We're all coming to a new earth. And we're going to reign. If you knew that your future was already covered, what then will you focus on? The formula is simply this. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. You know, I want to share something with you. Very simple but very profound. I've been quoting a lot of texts um, by heart. So let's open this one. Luke chapter 5. Listen. Listen. I want you to learn to trust your God. Has it ever happened to you that you have a lot of pressing needs and you are praying and God is telling you other things? Yes, He's telling you about the kingdom. Yes, 
telling you about souls. And you don't mean to be rude. You're like, sir, yes, amen. But this, but he's just telling you, listen, you're going to change nations. You're going to shift. That's your God. Some of those needs are too petty for him to be discussing with you. He doesn't have to have a boardroom meeting to talk about giving you a car. Don't you understand it? When you step in your purpose, all those things can fall in line. Let me tell you something. There is a height in life that abominates needs like that. There are some people, if they climb this stage and say, I need, you, you see, <laughs> you'll be amazed at how sacrificial you will be. God wants to give you more. He wants to make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And for that to happen, listen, it will not look obvious what he's doing until the end. And so in Luke chapter 5, the Bible says Peter was laboring as a fisherman. He toiled all night and caught nothing. And then Jesus comes. And based on the picture we have of Jesus, I mean, if you come and you see someone struggling, immediately you just say, okay, your needs are met. That's the picture we have. But Jesus had a different priority. He said, can I preach from your boat? Doesn't that sound insensitive? Can't you see that this guy has had a horrible night? Do you know what it means to labor 12 hours without any results? Why did it occur to Jesus to use the boat? Apart from, of course, the prophetic leading. The Bible says they were on the other side washing their nets. There was nobody in the boat. They had given up already. And then Jesus steps into the boat. He preaches. Listen, there was no negotiation, no promise before he started. I don't worry when I'm done. No promise. So Peter just had to cooperate with the plan of God, elevating the plan and the priorities of God above his. Let me tell you something. The gospel is so important, it becomes the def definition of a successful year. Let me tell you something. A year where the gospel prevailed was a good year for you. It doesn't matter the trials you had in your business. If the gospel prevailed, it was a good year. It doesn't matter the trials you had in your health. If the gospel prevailed, it was a good year. Paul was in prison, in chains. He said, but the gospel is not bound. Don't you understand that? As long as the gospel is not bound, hey, it's a good year. This is how important the gospel is. It is the real definition of success. Such that Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? All the things that people have in their prayer list on a light night like this, if they don't grow in the gospel, if they don't grow in their divine responsibility, it's a waste. They had no profit. It was a bad year. Are you listening to me? It is still a bad year. If you don't grow in consecration, you don't grow in your prayer life in the year 2022, it doesn't matter how much money you have. Listen, I'm teaching you to see the way God sees. There are some natural things that we celebrate, but Jesus sees something else. So when the disciples come and they are celebrating and they said, oh, demons were subject to us in your name. He said, yes. But there is even something greater to rejoice about. That your names are written in heaven. Not every so-called achievement on the earth is recorded in heaven. So he says, this is, this is the real occasion for rejoicing. That what you are doing, heaven recognizes it. Can I tell you something? And I'm not, I say this with all sense of humility and gratitude. Heaven has recognized Celebration Church. Heaven has recognized Celebration Church. Someone sent me a video. I posted it, some of you saw it. A Nigerian lady, someone I'm not even really close to, even though I think my wife is... She's, she's a friend, an acquaintance, an acquaintance, you know. She traveled to the U.S. for holidays. And since it was a Sunday, you know, chose to go to church. She just picked any church around. And after the service, two white ladies came to her and said, we want to invite you to a fellowship 
by the way, you should be able to relate to what we share in the fellowship since you're from Africa. What country are you from? Nigeria. Okay. There is a Nigerian pastor we follow. This is two white ladies. Are you listening to me? Ladies I've never met. There's a Nigerian pastor we follow. Celebration Church. We want you to come and hear the word of God. So she's like, Celebration Church. Is it Pastor Yirin? They were like, oh my God, you know him. So now I'm thinking, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. <sighs> Such a report is better than driving a Ferrari. Are you listening to me? Look at what God has done with us. When we started, we're just some young people around the corner, you know, exhibiting youthful exuberance. But now, are you listening to me? So God wants us to get our priorities right. When it comes to you, you that has had career trouble, you that has a lot of prayer points, a lot of personal things you are asking for, learn from Paul that even if he's in prison, you can say rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. What kind of mentality will make someone in prison? Listen, do you know it would be impressive if he was telling himself? But he's telling people who are not in prison, how can you be taking notes on rejoicing from someone in prison? There is something about this gospel that this generation really doesn't get. Thank God for the needs that are met. Those ones are extra, a necessary extra. They come with the package. But it says, seek first. And even our understanding of, of seek first is, is, is shady, you know. You know, it's almost as if, okay, I, this is what I really want. But you say, I should seek this one first. So, so we think first means the second and third and fourth. That word means above all things. Meaning this one is so powerful, it's my chief aim. Are you getting what I'm saying? Many of the things that people are praying for, people in the Bible willingly gave up for the gospel. In Bible days, if health mattered so much to you, you would do away with the gospel. You would, you would be far away from the gospel as possible because they will carry you they will flog you. They might maim you. So in those days, to follow Jesus meant that you valued the gospel above your health. Do you understand what I'm saying? So even if there were a lot of healings in those days, and hallelujah, there are a lot of healings today, amen, so on. You have to understand that the real priority is still the gospel. That even if Jesus heals, and we must expect healing, this gospel is so important you know what Jesus said? He says, if your eye will hinder you from making heaven, entering the kingdom, pluck it out. Do you understand? So there are people who want God to heal their eye. But you should value the kingdom so much. You can voluntarily, and of course he was speaking figuratively, all right? And he was just helping you see. I don't really have time to go into details. But I'm helping you see the value of the kingdom. It's so valuable. God's end time army must get this. You cannot achieve any form of spiritual mastery without understanding this. Even on the other side, it's the same. Do you know all that they go through? All the funny rituals, staying in a forest for days. You know, the terrible things they are made to do. The terrible things they are made to eat. There is a brand of Christianity that cannot confront what the devil is planning. Are you listening to me? I appeal to you in the name of Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God. And here is the irony of it. Those that save their life will lose it. And those that lose their life for his sake We'll find it. At the end of the day, many when Daniel, who refused to compromise, who refused to defile himself with the king's meat, stands beside people who did, he will still be better. You don't know who God is. You think that you have to be obsessed with your needs for your needs to be met. You don't know God. 
So when he is done preaching from your boat and souls have been won, people have been healed, he now says, cast your net. <laughs> because those ones are cheap. Are you listening to me? Mark my words. Things that people are falling head over heels for will come cheaply to you in 2022. Seek first the kingdom. So, shun mediocrity, shun self-centeredness. Seek first. Get your priorities right. Are you listening to me? This is a word from the Lord. You know, one of the favorite cartoons I used to watch, you know, when I was a lot younger, it's a cartoon about two friends, two unusual friends. One of them was a silly sanguine named Pinky. The other one was a genius named Brain. And Brain was always trying to take over the world with inventions and different skills. And every single episode ended the same way. Pinky would say, so what are we doing tomorrow? And he said, the same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. God is raising a brand of consistent Christians. Every watch night service, the agenda is the same. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? We are going into the world to make disciples of all nations. All, see, when we have been saying all nations, people didn't hear me. Now you heard the testimony of white ladies who have never met. And then they, are, they, they send personal videos saying, we can't wait to receive you. We can't wait to have you. It's working, oh. You know, I, I was thinking about it days ago. How? It's just like play like play. And I'm saying this for a reason. It's very, it's very hard for me to be stranded anywhere in the world. Very hard. I doubt if there is any nation in the world that I don't have at least one person whose life I've imparted. I doubt. I've never traveled anywhere and I didn't see at least one person that I knew. I mean, including more of these Tanzania strange places. Are you listening to me? And then you remember the words of Jesus. He who has left house, has left father, has left mother, has left brothers, sisters, has left lands, will receive a hundredfold. That hundredfold is because, because the household of God is large. They are ready to receive you into their own house. So even if your loved ones kick you out and say, because you believe in Jesus, I mean, we just we'll receive you. <laughs> Hallelujah, we have a house for you. You know, I, you know, the same thing applies to every one of us. Now you can go to, I mean, Canada, UK, everywhere, anywhere we have a church. And if you're an active member here, you know, just say you need help. There'll be people waiting for you at the airport. Hallelujah. And this is, this is life worth living. Souls are saved. The sick are healed. Disciples are being raised. I mean, isn't it boring to just make money, get married, have children, get old and die? Isn't it boring? He said, ask of me. And I will give you the hidden for your inheritance. Ask of me. Ask of me. So he talks to fishermen. You're, try, you're working for your livelihood. And he said, don't worry. From today you will catch men. <laughs> I want to change your priorities. I want to change your goals in life. And even if you are happy that I said, cast your net. And you had a great catch. I still have greater priorities for you. From today you will catch men. That's the kind of priority God wants to give us. Say loud amen. amen. Say loud amen. amen. Say loud amen. amen. Turn your Bibles, Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. 
just a review of the year, you know, before we release the prophetic year word for next year. Read Daniel chapter 12, verse 3, loud as you can, one, two, go. <laughs> and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. Listen, anyone who knows the scriptures, even before you read the second part of the text that explains what it means and who the wise people are, you know, the Bible says, he that winneth souls is wise. Yeah. It says, you will shine as the brightness of the firmament. It says, and those who turn many to righteousness are stars forever. Not everybody in the world falls into that category. Listen, there are people by your side that are superstars in heaven. I'm telling you, heaven recognizes them. You may be dressed better than them, but they have a treasure elsewhere. Are you listening to me? You see, when you look at the world, you see a lot of people with fickle desires. You see how they spend their money. <laughs> when you see a believer, what a believer drives or what a believer has, that's not a true assessment of his wealth. He has treasures elsewhere. Because other people do it just for the gram. But you, because of the weightiness of your purpose, there are things to do. You, I mean, so out of your resources, you sponsor the gospel, you sponsor people to school, you give to the poor. You know, I, I looked at all the things God has made me give this year, and I, you know, jokingly, I said, God, let's close the book for the year, you know? Because he just says, do this, do that, do that. And maybe some other person who doesn't have the kind of purpose you have would have bought other fickle things. Not everyone will shine like a star. Are you listening to me? This is God's perspective of light. When God said 2021 is our year of light, this is what he meant. Not everyone is like this. At the trump of God, when Christ comes, even amongst those who be raptured, <laughs> not everybody will be the same we are the same in salvation but not in consecration not in ministries ministry and the rewards thereof hallelujah this is God's definition of light you know I was watching one very funny movie and I just saw it in passing I think I was somewhere and the TV was on and it's just another, I mean, regular Hollywood movie. All those movies crafted intentionally, you know, just to cast as passions on Christians and the Christian faith. So in the movie, a preacher was preaching and talking about the Genesis account. And a small boy asked a simple question. And the writer of that movie thought he was doing something smart. Like, I'm going to ask a question that Christians have not thought of. He interrupted the preacher, preacher as he was giving an account in, of the creation story in Genesis. And he said, if on the first day God said, let there be light. And it was until days after that he created the sun, the moon, and the stars. What light was in Genesis 1? You know, so in my mind, I was like, ah, simple question. Huh? The preacher will answer it. And then in the movie, the preacher was torturing. I said, kill shell. So the director thought he had done something smart. Like, ah, you know, I found a loophole in the Bible. So that, that's, see, they strengthen our argument so much. You err, not knowing the scriptures, not the wisdom of God. You err. What is that light? Before I tell you what it is, think about it. On the seventh day, the Bible says God rested. Why did God rest? He needed a break. He was tired. He was exhausted. Uh, I need to sleep. Did he need rest? It was all figurative. And all these things, let me tell you something. The writer of Hebrews says this. He says, by faith we understand that the things that are seen 
were made by things which do not appear. Meaning everything physical was meant to pattern after spiritual realities and to explain them. Did you hear what I said? And to explain them. That's what the psalmist was trying to say. He says, the heavens declare the glory of God. He says, day after day, utter speech, night after night, show us knowledge. That's what he's saying. Meaning, from the creation, you can know deeper things about God, his salvific plan, about salvation, about the spirit realm. And that's what you see in Genesis. So, the rest you later discover in Hebrews chapter 4 and, you know, and verse 5, it was figurative of, of the rest in Christ. So as God was creating the physical creation, he was showing his salvation plan. Are you getting what I'm saying? And so what was that light? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amon topoya. Read it together loud as you can. One, two, go. Hallelujah. Listen, when it says for God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, what was he talking about? Genesis 1. He commanded light to shine out of darkness. And then he's telling you what that represented. The light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus shining in the heart of men. Listen, this is why Paul could confidently say, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians 1.3, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. As according as they have chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, to be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, how did Paul know? That he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. Was he there? He knew from Genesis. So he knew that before God created the sun, he created the light of the gospel. The light of the gospel had been proclaimed. Are you getting what I'm saying? He declared it as his plan for mankind. So he says before the foundation of the world, he chose us in Christ. Because he knew that that light was the light in Christ. And so John says in him was life. And the life was the what? This is the real light that lighted every man that comes to the world. That's the true light. That's the true light. Oh, the year 2021 was indeed the year of light. Everything God said he would do, he did. <laughs> I'm telling you, the gospel spread through this ministry. It, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It is strange. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It is strange. I wish I could break down numbers. If we have the time, we will do that in the month of January. This is really a strange ministry. Only God could have done this. You know, I was listening to one of the fathers in the faith, you know, in this nation. Oh, let me say, like, like a great man of God in Port Harcourt. And when I told him the things that God had done in the past year, he said, either two things. It's either you have one super mega billionaire somewhere bankrolling you, or this is the finger of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Pastor Chola, you were with me. I said, sir, this is the finger of God. <laughs> Glory be to God. But now why am I telling you all this? Because guess what? Even in Genesis, God tells us that light is in intensities. The Bible tells us in Genesis, it said he made two great lights. <laughs> one to rule the day and one to rule the night. Light is in intensities. So we saw 2021 as the year of light. But God is about to switch things up a little. Oh God. Are you listening to me? I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm speaking as a prophet. I'm not saying it because it sounds nice. Turn your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 4. Stand to your feet. Hold your Bibles in your hands. Adalia Capone Sekas. Whilst you are just listen to me. In, first, in Genesis chapter 1 verse 15, 
And let there be lights. Let them be light for the firmament in the heaven to give lights on the earth. And it was so. Verse 16. Then God made two great lights. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. There are degrees of light. Degrees of light. Degrees of light. <laughs> yes, it's been wonderful, but there is more. Listen, in every aspect of your life, there is more. Turn your Bibles, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 18. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Do you see what is about to happen? Do you see nations open to the gospel of God through Celebration Church? Hey! Do you see what I see? Proverbs chapter 4 verse 18. Read together loud as you can. One, two, go. But the path of the just is as a shining light that shines more and more. Life, but God said there is more and more and more and more and more and more and more shines brighter and brighter shines brighter and brighter ladies and gentlemen the year 2022 is the year of the greater lights the year of the greater lights we are growing in influence for the gospel the fame of the gospel is growing through this assembly. For the path of the just is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter, greater and greater, more and more, unto a perfect day. Listen, we will never have a better yesterday. I said we will never have a better yesterday. The influence of the gospel is growing. It's growing. It's growing. In miracles. In impact. In resources. Listen, the doors of nations are open to us. The doors of nations are open to us. And listen, God has told us time and again. That everything he does corporately, he will do personally. Just the same way we are the body of Christ corporately and we are the body of Christ in particular. As your ministry begins to spread and to spread. Because God, you know, you know what the Lord told me? He said all the things that need to be sponsored will be sponsored from within. So because he has given us a global vision, there will be global billionaires. I see let me tell you something let me tell you something I'm very modest so there are some testimonies I don't share but there is a grace I, I don't think I've said this before there is a grace for finances I've touched it a little and if I tell you that you are stepping into a new dimension of wealth believe it You know, there's a, there's a young man who called me on my birthday. He said, do you remember seven years ago, I was frustrated, all my businesses had died. And I, and I said, give me your hand. I said, I prophesy, few years from now, you're going to step into global business and the compensation will be great. He said, sir, now we have a global business. He said, I want to sow a seed of $30,000 to you. That's what he said. Someone who was frustrated just years ago. I was on my own. And the Lord said to me, he said 2022 will be the money year. He said that. He said that. And listen, he has prepared our hearts. We, our priorities are aligned. 
we know what it is for. It is for the gospel. It is not to pepper your friends. It is not to pepper your ex. It's for the gospel. It's for, to help the saints and to publish. If God really spoke to me, let the zeal of the Lord perform it in your life. Let the word of the Lord be honored in your life. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.